Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. On the morning of September 11th, 2001... New York City was in chaos. The calls for assistance began to pour in to 911 a little after 8.45 a.m. As his colleagues responded to the emergency, one veteran member of the force waited patiently for his time to act. Apollo was ready to go. As one of the elite NYPD canines, he was happiest when he had a task to complete. When his human partner, Officer Peter Davis, came to collect him, Apollo's tail began to wag. Davis deftly strapped the nine-year-old German Shepherd into his uniform vest and clipped on his leash. Apollo briefly closed his eyes as his friend gave him a quick pat on the head. The fur around his muzzle was turning gray, and the once golden streaks on his coat had began to silver, but the persistent years weren't going to stop this dedicated dog from doing his duty. The partners rushed to their vehicle, knowing that speed was of the essence. Apollo eagerly jumped into his place and felt the familiar rumble as his partner started the car. The sirens sounded and Apollo watched the neighborhood flash by. Up front, Officer Davis wondered with trepidation what they would find when they arrived. He'd heard about the disaster downtown, but couldn't anticipate its scope. Not yet. Apollo wasn't worried, however. This was what he was trained for, what he was born to do. Welcome to Dog Tales, a podcast original. 
Every week, we tell the stories of historic, heroic canines. We'll profile dogs who saved people from earthquakes, went to outer space, and even spurred the invention of Velcro. If you're looking for fun stories and a warm heart, you're barking up the right tree. I'm your host, Alastair. You can find episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Dog Tales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. This week, we're telling the stories of Apollo, Brittany, and the other heroic dogs who saved lives in the aftermath of the World Trade Center terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Their fearless dedication inspired thousands and shone as a beacon of hope during one of the darkest times in American history. On the morning of September 11, 2001, four commercial airplanes were hijacked by terrorist operatives. In a coordinated attack, the planes were flown into strategic targets, including the Pentagon and the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. Both towers fell shortly after they were struck. In total, 2,977 people were killed in the attacks that day. Among the dead were passengers and crew aboard the hijacked planes, workers in the targeted buildings and first responders. Apollo and Officer Davis arrived at Ground Zero, the name already given to the site of the attacks, just 15 minutes after the second tower had fallen. In their eight-year partnership, spent training, working and responding to every kind of emergency, neither friend had seen any devastation that came close to what greeted them now. Though the day had dawned cloudless, it was nearly impossible to see the sky through the air thick with smoke, dust, and dancing embers. While Officer Davis relied on his eyes to tell him what was going on, Apollo's nose was his strongest asset. Even through the thick air, he could smell everything. The acrid smoke billowing towards them, the dust blowing across the ground, he could even smell the sweat left behind by frightened people running from the collapsing buildings. Without needing to be told, Apollo knew there was work to be done. He jumped down from the car, his paws landed on unusually gritty pavement, and he immediately put his nose to the ground. To be a great search and rescue animal, a canine needs more than just a good nose. Apollo, a German Shepherd, had a thick, insulating double coat to help him withstand difficult weather conditions. His size and athleticism helped him navigate tricky terrain for long periods of time, and he had the knowledge that stemmed from years of experience and training. Many search and rescue, or SAR, dogs are rescued or donated by other service dog programs for which they're unsuitable. Perhaps their boisterous energy rules them out as a seeing-eye dog, 
or their propensity for barking means they might not make the perfect pet. These characteristics, so often bemoaned by suburban pet owners, are the holy grail for sar dogs. And there are other factors that go into finding the perfect canine for this harrowing duty. Perhaps the most important of all, a successful search and rescue dog has a strong, overwhelming desire to play. They live for the thrill of the hunt and the excitement of the reward at the end of the game. This is commonly referred to as their play drive. Search and rescue dogs go through rigorous training for up to two years at the beginning of their careers. They must demonstrate exceptional agility and stamina so they can search for hours at a time in difficult environments. They also need to work well with other animals and humans in stressful situations. Once their training is complete, animals and their handlers undergo specialized testing to certify them for emergency situations. Apollo had passed his final testing in 1999. Apollo demonstrated that he could work well alongside other animals and their trainers, followed spoken commands and hand signals while off-leash, and could remain still and patient while waiting in place for a full five minutes. He also had to show off his barking skills after finding a staged victim, proving that he could successfully alert his handler of his find. Additionally, Apollo demonstrated his exceptional agility by climbing ladders, surmounting tricky barriers, and making his way across a wobbly surface. Tests like these ensured that dogs like Apollo and their trainers were as prepared as they could be. But few things could have truly prepared anyone for what they found on September 11, 2001, at the site of the former World Trade Center. As Apollo and Davis drew closer, the full scale of the devastation was finally becoming clear. In front of them stood a seemingly insurmountable pile of twisted metal, broken glass, and still flaming wreckage from the collapsed buildings. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, also known as FEMA, was already on the scene to coordinate the rescue and recovery effort. While Davis checked in with the FEMA officials, Apollo roamed a little, pulling to the full length of his leash. Apollo was the first search and rescue dog to make it to the World Trade Center that day. Within minutes of arriving on the scene, he was excitedly tugging his partner towards the wreckage, eager to find survivors. With his nose to the ground, dangerously close to still glowing embers, Apollo began clambering onto the pile. His nimble paws allowed him to deftly navigate the precarious mountain of rubble. Behind him, Davis was thankful for his sturdy boots as he picked carefully over the debris. He checked his partner's paws for signs of injury every chance he got. But Apollo wasn't thinking about sharp pieces of metal or the heat rolling off the wreckage beneath him. All he cared about was finding people alive. As his canine partner rushed ahead, Officer Davis was feeling nervous. He knew that this was already the toughest, most extreme test that they had ever or would ever face in their careers. Apollo's tail was wagging like it always did when he was working. He had no idea that this search was any different from any other day on the job. 
But to Davis, it was clear that time was rapidly running out. The survivors trapped in the rubble had days, maybe hours, before they'd succumb to their injuries. It didn't take long for other rescue workers to realize Apollo was among them. Calls for, dog over here, dog over here, drew Davis and Apollo's attention. On all sides, frantic, determined searchers needed their help. Apollo's very presence was a powerful talisman for his fellow rescue workers and first responders. Though they knew they weren't supposed to, many police officers and firefighters crouched down to embrace Apollo when they saw him on the pile. Typically, service dogs must avoid any distractions on the job. But today, it was clear that even the rescue workers needed to draw on his endless stores of love and hope. Apollo, as faithful to people as he was to his work, would meet their embrace with a friendly, encouraging lick. Perhaps that was his way of telling them not to give up, that there was still work to be done. Strengthened by the embrace, each rescue worker returned to their duties, perhaps feeling like a burden had been lifted. And Apollo, too, got back to his task. On, the fearless German shepherd plunged, eager to follow his nose and find life buried beneath his paws. He made his way up and down crests in the debris, his mind fixed on the scents pouring into his nose. He wasn't deterred, indeed, he barely noticed, when he had to splash through deep pools of water to continue on his quest. He didn't even stop to shake the droplets from his fur, such was his determination to find survivors of this disaster. Apollo knew that people were trapped and it was his job to find them. Although he had trained for days just like this, the dangers Apollo faced at ground zero came from all sides, something he'd discover for himself before long. Up next, Apollo, the fearless search and rescue dog, needs a rescue of his own. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now back to the story. As the first dog to arrive at Ground Zero after the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, nine-year-old Apollo of the NYPD K-9 unit was working hard to find survivors. With his handler, Officer Davis, close behind him, the German Shepherd searched the site where the World Trade Center had stood just minutes earlier. Davis turned his head for a moment to answer the call of a fellow rescue worker, and when he looked back, Apollo's tail whipped out of sight, swallowed by flames. Apollo was showered in a crashing cascade of burning debris and embers. Without a second thought, Officer Davis plunged his arm into the flames, reaching for his partner. 
His hand closed around Apollo's collar and he pulled the dog back towards him with all his might. Davis was ready to pat the flames out of Apollo's thick fur, but to his surprise, his partner was somehow untouched. Thankful to still have his dog, Davis ran his hands over the dog. He noticed that Apollo's fur was still damp from when he'd plunged into the pool of water just minutes earlier. Davis scooped Apollo into his arms and began to carry him off the pile to be checked over more thoroughly. He marveled that the hazards of the day had both put the dog's life at risk and then saved him. Luckily, with more dogs arriving on site at Ground Zero, local veterinarians had set up a temporary animal hospital to ensure the brave working animals were properly taken care of. Dogs were expected to work shifts of up to 12 hours at a time for days on end, and it was important that they, along with their handlers, be given time to recuperate, physically and emotionally. In the aftermath of his brush with death, Officer Davis brought Apollo in to be checked over. Upon entering the clinic, Apollo was given a careful physical examination to check for cuts or scrapes. His paw pads were given a once-over and then carefully cleaned. As far as the vets could tell, the only damage Apollo had sustained from his fiery tumble was some lightly singed fur. While he was there, Apollo's eyes, ears, and nose were cleaned out with a saline solution. It had been discovered at earlier disasters that the fluid effectively flushed out any dust that had become trapped. This simple procedure did more than just keep the dogs healthy. It meant that their strongest asset in the recovery effort, their powerful nose, was clean and hydrated. This allowed them to perform at their very best under the very worst circumstances. Once he had received the all-clear, Apollo and Officer Davis spent some time resting before they returned to do what they could. And every dog needed to do their part. Even as hundreds poured into the city, there was endless work to be done. Too much for the volunteers to tackle. Brittany, a two-year-old golden retriever, arrived at Ground Zero with her owner and handler, Denise Corliss. While Apollo was a police force veteran, this was Brittany's first ever deployment as a search and rescue dog. She and Denise had trained together for many months in their home state of Texas before qualifying as official members of Texas Task Force One. When the call went out for rescue dogs to help out, the pair traveled to New York as quickly as they could, eager to do their part to help the rescue effort. In what could be considered the official stance of a search and rescue dog, Brittany's nose went straight to the uneven ground. The pile ahead was a jumbled mess of bricks, concrete, and the shattered remains of office furniture. Precariously balanced beams jutted out at every angle, some pointing straight to the sky, others acting as makeshift bridges over open air. Thanks to her training, Brittany was unfazed by the hazards she faced. While listening for Denise's commands, Brittany followed her nose wherever it led over the mounds of debris and even across dangerously slick, wet steel girders. 
fearless despite, or perhaps oblivious to, the danger, Brittany continued on her quest to find life among the wreckage. But as she trapes across a high wet beam, her back paws slipped out from underneath her. Denise watched, unable to do anything, as Brittany scrambled to pull herself back onto the steel support. Her back legs kicked at the air while her front paws struggled to hold on. Finally, Brittany managed to pull her back paws up onto the beam. Then, she followed her nose onto the next mound, as if nothing at all had disturbed her routine. She'd been trained not to allow any distractions to pull her from her work, even if that work took all day. As the hours stretched on, handlers watched their partners work valiantly to find survivors of the attack. Together with the human rescue workers, the dogs helped find 20 survivors underneath the twisted metal beams and slabs of concrete. But the discoveries were few and far between, interspersed with tragedies when they were too late. The handlers could see that their continued failure was taking a toll on the sensitive animals. On the first day of searching, Worf, a German shepherd from Ohio, found the bodies of two firefighters who'd been killed when the towers collapsed. The shock of finding death instead of life was too much for Sweet Worf to take. His handler, Mike Owens, watched in sadness as Worf immediately curled up and lay down. Overwhelmed with shock, Worf soon began shedding his fur. He refused to eat and couldn't be tempted to play. Recognizing that something was very wrong, Mike made the decision to permanently retire Worf from service there and then. They returned to Ohio. In his absence, the other dogs carried out their mission. Trained to expect a reward of playtime when they found survivors, they soldiered on for long stretches without triumph. Every now and then, however, Brittany or one of her colleagues would perk up, their tail wagging extra hard. Their owners would watch as their fur began to practically quiver as the dog zeroed in on a target. Trained to follow their nose, the dog picked up speed as it got closer to the place where the smell is most concentrated. Perhaps a steel beam hides the survivor, or a pile of bricks and drywall. As the dog approached, a small stir of movement beneath the surface layer of debris would catch their eye. With a loud, joyous bark, the dog would announce to the handler and the site at large, here, I found someone. We did it, guys, we did it. Quickly, workers would descend on the location to carefully dig out the survivor. Careful not to disturb the debris around them and cause more difficulties, they would extract the survivor from the rubble and check them for injuries. Then the triumphant dog would finally receive their favorite toy and time to rest. However, unbeknownst to the animals, these rescues had been staged by their handlers. 
In order to stimulate the dog's play drive and to give them a chance to earn their reward, the handlers organized for fake victims played by search and rescue workers to hide in strategic places around the site. They allowed their dogs to save the day. There were real rescues as well. 26-year-old Janelle Guzman-McMillan was located by a canine team 27 hours after the World Trade Center collapsed. Janelle was a Port Authority employee working on the 64th floor of the North Tower when the plane struck. She was the final survivor to be pulled from the rubble. Unfortunately, most of the dogs arrived at ground zero after she was found. Their subsequent searches would only be marked by failure. With the exception of cadaver and water search dogs, all rescue animals are trained specifically to find people who are still alive. Though they'll alert their handlers when they find human remains, it's obviously more exciting for everyone involved when the animal finds a survivor. Not only can the handler more enthusiastically celebrate a live find, but the rescued person is also able to offer personal feedback and thanks to the dog. A truly satisfying reward indeed. But not all the dogs who showed up were there to search the pile. As a trained therapy dog, golden retriever Nicky and his owner, Frank Shane, felt compelled to help. There was no protocol for what would happen when they arrived, but Shane knew that Nicky could help in some way, no matter how small. A few days after the attack, Shane and Nicky drove through the streets of New York. It looked more like a war zone than the city they knew so well. They passed checkpoints where they were waved through by alert military personnel. When they parked, Shane strapped protective booties onto Nicky's paws, wanting to protect him from hazards that littered the ground. It was the first time Nicky had worn them, and they felt strange to the dog, but he didn't resist. The pair had barely moved away from the car when a firefighter approached. Without a word, he knelt down, put his arms around Nicky's neck, and held on. Nicky put his head on the firefighter's shoulder. He smelled strongly of sweat and smoke, but Nicky was trained to remain calm and show affection to strangers. So he sat patiently, listening to the man breathe, allowing the exhausted worker to slowly stroke his golden fur. Eventually, the firefighter stood and turned to Shane. Nicky's fur, he said, was the same color as his colleague's hair. The firefighter called him my brother. He had died in the attacks. Before the three parted ways, the weary firefighter stopped Shane. He asked, when can I see Nicky again? Can you bring him back tomorrow? That brief interaction proved to Shane how much dogs like Nicky were needed at Ground Zero, and he resolved to stay until the work was done. The pair continued to show up to the site day after day during the cleanup, lending what support they could as the mountain of debris was sorted through and cleared by dedicated teams. They found the greatest need 
in the long lines that formed between shifts as workers waited for approval to return to the pile. In single file, the sweaty, sore, and emotionally exhausted rescue workers trudged back to do what they could. Though they were weary, they held their heads high, ready to do their duty. As the stone-faced workers filed past him, Nicky looked on, panting in the heat. His American flag bandana was askew, and his usually lustrous coat had been somewhat dulled by the dust and ash that filled the air. But his trademark grin was unchanged. Nicky's spirit remained unbroken. In the following weeks, Nicky waited and watched. The days were long for everyone, but without fail, the sight of Nicky waiting for them to say hello, to offer a loving lick, to wag his tail with joy, brought life back into the eyes of the exhausted men and women. Many of Nicky's new friends walked away with a token of his affection, an American flag bandana from around his neck. The accessory had become something of a trademark for the golden retriever, and it made Shane and Nicky happy to know that people could carry a little of Nicky's love with them, even when he wasn't there. On those days, it seemed like the world had been turned upside down, pulled inside out, and the worst parts of humanity laid bare for all to see. Nicky was providing essential comfort, trust, happiness, and unconditional love to these workers. He made the world bright again. Up next, Nikki, Apollo, and Brittany finish their work at last. Now back to the story. In the aftermath of the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001, hundreds of dogs and their handlers showed up at Ground Zero. Some, like Apollo and Brittany, were there to help out with search and rescue. Others, like Nikki, were on site to provide comfort to the workers and survivors. They'd come from across New York City and beyond. Some had traveled on planes to be there. Others drove with their owners. Everyone had come with purpose and drive. Together with their handlers, the dogs worked tirelessly in shifts of 12 hours, some of them staying for 9, 10, 11 days. The dogs found sleep where they could, often resting in the arms of the people they loved so much. Nicky slept on the pews in St. Paul's Chapel with his head on his owner's stomach, snoring gently. Eventually, recovery turned into cleanup, and the need for search dogs ended. Apollo returned to his duties with the NYPD, every bit the hero he'd been before September 11th, but perhaps a little wiser and more hardened. After her first deployment, Brittany returned home to Texas, ready and eager for the next challenge. But first, the city would repay all of the dogs for their brave service. The air was chilly one early March morning in 2002. Hundreds of people lined the Manhattan waterfront close to Ground Zero, their attention focused not on destruction, but on the heroes they'd assembled to honor. Spectators stood on two legs and four, each there to recognize the canine heroes of September 11th. 
On stage, Apollo sat beside two seeing eye dogs, Roselle and Salty. None of them were sure what was going on that day and why so many people were staring at them, but they were happy to enjoy the sunshine and smell the breeze coming across the water. Apollo, Roselle, and Salty had been chosen to receive the Dickin Medal, the highest honor bestowed upon animals in times of war. The British High Commissioner took his place and began to speak about the bravery of the dogs who'd served in the aftermath of the attacks. In the crowd and on the stage, some animals began to tug excitedly on their harnesses, trying to remind their humans that there was surely work to be done somewhere. But first, three brave dogs were given their medals, which read simply, For gallantry, we also serve. Seeing eye dogs Roselle and Salty had each led their blind owners safely down more than 70 floors after Tower One was struck. Apollo, first rescue dog on site following the attacks, received the prestigious honor on behalf of all the canines who'd lent their talents, skills, and hearts following the attacks. His citation noted that he received the award for tireless courage in the service of humanity during the search and rescue operations in New York and Washington on and after September 11, 2001. Faithful to words of command and undaunted by the task, the dog's work and unstinting devotion to duty stand as a testament to those lost or injured. Even as the commendations were awarded, the cleanup effort still wasn't complete. Nicky, the therapy dog, remained at ground zero. His trainer, Shane, knew that he could still provide much needed support. Whenever someone needed a break from dealing with the destruction, Nicky was there to dole out his special brand of canine compassion. He would listen quietly as people leaned in to tell him things they didn't have the courage to share with anyone else. In May, the final support column was ceremoniously removed from the pit where the World Trade Center had once stood. Nikki and Shane were still there to provide whatever support the workers needed. Buglers from New York's police and fire departments played taps as NYPD helicopters performed a flyover. Standing by, Nikki and Shane waited one final time to greet the workers who had given so much of themselves over the past months. As the workers filed away from the site, Shane handed out over 2,000 American flag bandanas, just like the ones Nikki had worn every day. Shane hoped the bandanas would serve as reminders that even in the darkest of times, the workers always had the unconditional love of one very special dog. They'd never forget their grief or the destruction, but hopefully they'd always remember Nikki's hope and warmth. Long after the echoes of their barks had faded from the site, the spirit of the dogs remained strong at Ground Zero. Their bravery and compassion lived on and their work elsewhere wasn't yet finished. 
Apollo continued to serve as a part of the NYPD canine unit in the following years. He and Officer Davis even traveled to the Dominican Republic to lend their talents following a devastating hurricane. In November of 2006, Apollo, one of the finest dogs the NYPD had ever seen, passed away at the age of 14. When Nikki was laid to rest in 2004, the boots he'd worn on site at Ground Zero, along with his therapy vest, were donated to the 9-11 Museum. They remain on display there today. His tribute also features a pew from St. Paul's Chapel, where he slept with his owner. Brittany, one of the youngest animals on site at Ground Zero, went on to have an illustrious career as a search and rescue dog. She responded to Hurricanes Katrina, Rita, and Ivan, along with other disasters around the country. Even when she retired at the age of nine, Brittany didn't rest. She found new purpose as a reading assistance dog to first graders. She visited schools and libraries to encourage young children who struggled with reading. She sat patiently and listened as a child taught her how to read. She offered a judgment-free audience to help alleviate the stress of learning. As so many of Brittany's canine brethren proved at ground zero, no one listens quite like a dog. For her 16th birthday, Brittany was flown back to New York City, where she was surprised with mountains of toys and tasty treats. She took a limo ride, was featured on a billboard high above Times Square, and showered with more love than she and her owner Denise knew what to do with. Before they returned home, Denise was told that a cobblestone had been laid in Brittany's honor at the 9-11 Memorial Plaza. On June 6, 2016, Brittany, the last surviving rescue dog from September 11th, was given a final farewell. Age had finally caught up with the Golden Retriever. As she was brought into her Houston vet's office for the last time, local firefighters and rescue workers lined the sidewalk to salute the heroic dog. When Brittany's body was carried out a short while later, the men and women offered one last guard of honor to their fallen comrade. It was a fitting thank you for her work. In a New Jersey park where people had assembled helplessly on one September day in 2001, a memorial now stands to all those who lost their lives in the tragedy. With Manhattan's skyline in the distance, the monument features a number of statues dedicated to the victims and rescue workers. In August of 2016, a new statue was unveiled in the park, one dedicated to the canine heroes who showed up to Ground Zero. The gleaming bronze dog stands proudly on a mound of debris, one paw raised, ever ready to answer the call just like the illustrious canines it honors. Thanks for listening to Dog Tales. Every dog has his day, and our day is Mondays. We'll be back then with a new episode. 
You can find more episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Dog Tales for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Dog Tales on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. Several of you have asked how to help us. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Join us next week for another good story about a good dog. Dog Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Paul Marler. This episode of Dog Tales was written by Joel Callan, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>